the Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Coachball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Coach Mo, and welcome to the show dedicated to Pickleball Excellence. Helping you play better pickleball, winning pickleball, while having even more fun and meeting new friends along the way who share your passion for this great game. I'm your host, Chris Allen. We have a jam-packed show for you today. This is part two of our series of tournament tips. Last week, we did off-the-court etiquette. Today, we're going to do on-the-court etiquette. And who better to give us those tips than the ultimate pickleball referee, the one and only Mr. Wayne Mugley, will be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll also check in with Melissa McCurley, get a tournament roundup, the tournament scenes heating up around the country, and she'll tell you exactly where. First, though, let's go to the phones. Pickleball hotline, it's open 24-7. You can call at any time, and we do want to hear from you. one pb show That's one pb show Hi, Chris. This is Nick from Virginia. Great podcast. Thanks, Nick. It says here you want to rant about something. Let's hear it. Pickleball is a silly name, and it took me quite a while to even mention to my peers that I was playing because of it. I really wish it was called something else, but I know the name is the name, and it's too late to change. However, can we stop the myth about pickleball getting its name from a dog's ball or a dog that chased the ball? The inventors of the game named their dog after the game, not the other way around. I realize that it's easier to explain the roots of the name with this fabricated story, but it just isn't true. It really came from the pickle boat crew term where the makeup of the rowers were the last available people. It speaks to the universal aspect of the game. Anyone can play. I think that is a much better explanation for the name, and it's the truth. I feel much better now. Pickle on. Hey, thanks, Nick. I appreciate the call. All right, time for a little honesty here, okay? We're all, we're among friends here. We can speak frankly. You know what? It's a dumb name. I couldn't agree with you more, Nick. It may be the stupidest name in all of sports. I don't know. I mean, there's curling, but uh, yeah, you know, pickleball, pretty dumb name. And in my mind, it is the number one obstacle to overcome to grow this sport. And the dog story, it doesn't help at all. If anything, it continues to do damage to it because you start off with a dumb name and then when you you have an opportunity to maybe, you know, salvage a shred of dignity for the name by telling the actual story, the the, the rowing terminology story, People go for the dog story because it's cute and it's quick and it's easy, and uh, but it just keeps, it's a dumb name with a dumb origin and it's easy for people to dismiss it. There was an article a few years back, the fastest growing sport you've never heard of. Well, why have you never heard of it? Sometimes it's because people don't even want to talk about it. Because you're tired of explaining it and frankly you're tired of the stupid jokes when you say the name. I've done it. I usually play in the mornings, and a lot of days I'll stop by the grocery store on the way home. And uh, especially this time of year, you know, you're dressed in shorts uh, and it's cold outside. So, you know, the checkout person or somebody in line will say, hey, you know, you're not dressed for wintertime. Yeah, that'd be the perfect opportunity to, to mention it and spread the word a little bit. But uh, what do you do instead? Eh, you know, I was just playing some tennis. 
because you don't want to get into it. You don't want to say the name because you don't want to endure the uh, the jokes. And they're, you know, they're not trying to be mean about it. It's just it's a funny name. And so they want to make a funny joke out of it. And to them, it's the first time they're hearing the joke. But to you, it's the 500th time. And you'd rather not go there. And the second part of that is once you endure the uh, the jokes, then you try to explain what it is. You come off sounding a little bit like a condescending, you know, know-it-all because, oh, well, actually, it's a fun game. It's a, it's a combination of tennis and, and you, can, you can see their eyes glaze over. So it's, it's often it's, it's a lot easier just to say, eh, you know, I'm just playing some tennis. Now, if pickleball had a, a name like paddle tennis, it would be so much easier because then you could go, hey, you know what? I'm just playing some paddle tennis. Paddle tennis? What's that? Well, it's like tennis, but the court's smaller and you play with a paddle instead of a racket. Oh, cool. Bada bing, bada boom. You're done. But instead, it's pickleball. So, you know, a lot of times you're in a hurry. It's like, oh, you know, I just want to get my change and go. So I'm not even going to go there. The other reason I think the name is the biggest obstacle to the sport's growth is because it keeps it relegated to a a kind of a backyard, you know, playground kids game. You have to ask yourself this. What's the difference between a game and a sport? One of them is that a sport usually has a decent sounding name (laughs) and, you know, a game can have a stupid name. You know, hopscotch is a game. Tennis is a sport. Uh, Mother May I is a game. Lacrosse is a sport. Simon Says is a game. Racquetball is a sport. Now, if you didn't know anything about pickleball and let's say you were playing Trivial Pursuit and the question was, where would you most likely see the game of pickleball being played? A daycare center or a country club? What would you think? You'd probably think, well, it sounds like a kid's game. I'm going to go daycare center. But what are you going to do at this point? You know, like you said, Nick, it's been 50 years. The name is the name. Uh, as, as Yogi Berra might say, the, uh, the, the toothpaste is out of the barn. The horse is out of the tube. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do at this point? You just got to own it, man. You just got to say the name and smile politely as you endure the jokes and then just move forward. Give it that explanation and, uh, and go from there and help grow this sport because it really is a great one. Thanks again for the call, Nick. And yes, you are now entered to win the free paddle from PickleballPaddlesPlus.com. Everybody who calls the Pickleball Hotline in the month of February and we use the call on the air, you're automatically registered to win a free paddle. And this isn't some reject paddle. This is any paddle you choose. So go to the website, check out their selection, and see which paddle you want when I call and announce your name as the winner. All right, Wayne Mugley coming up next. This is Proudly. The Pickleball Show. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to GEICO.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. You're back with The Pickleball Show and your host, Chris Allen. We're talking on-the-court tournament tips today, and there is one gentleman who knows exactly how you should conduct yourself when you step onto the pickleball court. He is uh, one of the grand poobahs of pickleball and the ultimate referee. Joining us from Arizona, Mr. Wayne Mugley. Wayne, welcome to The Pickleball Show. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for inviting me on. 
I have to tell you, when when I first started watching videos of the Nationals, and before I even knew your name, when you were a referee, I just knew, all right, that is not a guy that you mess with. Even on a little YouTube video, you could see the the presence and authority that you commanded on that court. <laughs> well, it's not so much that as, as what I try to do is uh, I take care of everything else and let the pickleball players play pickleball. You train referees. Uh, is there anything that you tell them uh, or, or uh, something, some lesson that you impart to them in, in terms of keeping control of the court and not letting the uh, the inmates rule the asylum? <laughs> well, first off, you have to tell them right up front, you know. Pickleball refereeing is very easy to do if you can remember 40 things at one instance. <laughs> <laughs> the problem you have to do is, is you have one-tenth of a second to interpret the rules and apply them to the game. So... When you first have a bunch of people out there, you try not to scare them. So what you tell them is uh, you have to be strong. You have to focus and concentrate as hard as the players because, you know, they're playing their hearts out to win the game, and you have to give them the fairest game they can have. So Mm -hmm. the main thing is, is you stay focused as much as the players. Gotcha. Now, how did a guy from Montana become one of the uh, most recognizable figures in in a pickleball tournament? Well, it goes back to about 2000. My wife and I uh, retired. We just moved back from Argentina, and we came back to the country and said, what are we going to do? So what we did is we jumped, we bought a motorhome, jumped in the motorhome, and took off traveling. And we ran into a, a gentleman, uh, I guess I can say his name, is Spike Christensen. And he and I started learning the game. We learned in Bend, Oregon. Uh-huh. And we fell in love with it. So for the next 18 months, we traveled together everywhere you went. And if they didn't have a pickleball court, we didn't stay. Or if they didn't have a tennis court, we didn't stay. And we practiced and practiced and practiced. And from there, we learned the rules. And just that, you know, we had our day in the sun playing and continued on. And, we, you know, the old days when the referee came on, they took the loser of the previous game, made him sit down and keep score. That's all it was, <laughs> you keep score. Uh-huh. Well, as it got more intense, they wanted more interpretation of the rules. So we started developing, uh, there's a, two or three or four of us that started developing what you see the referees have now, how to call the score, et cetera, et cetera. We spent the last 15 years refining that. Mm-hmm. So we went from being good players, top players, to uh, being involved in the game. You know, refereeing is very, very important. It's getting more important as the tournaments get bigger. So we went on and stayed in, we still play. But uh, we now do give back to the game what the game has given us. It must be great to have a partner named Spike. <laughs> well, Spike has his own paddle company, so I'm not going to say the name, but yeah, he, he went on to do other things, and him and I were partners for over eight and a half years, and uh, we had a good run, and it was a lot of fun, and we, we played a lot of finals, and it was just a great run, and of course, that was before these young kids came up, uh, which we couldn't keep up with now if we tried to, <laughs> so, but it's, it was a great run, and uh, and so we had to stay in the game somehow, so... Well, as much as I enjoy watching the videos where you're the referee, I find that I enjoy even more so watching videos where you're the color commentator. I think that the the nationals where you are sitting up in the booth doing the commentary, I learned so much listening to you and uh, and was entertained so much by the the stories that you would pepper in there. Uh, to me, you've you've become the John Madden of pickleball now. Well, that's a high compliment, and I appreciate it, but. 
You know, we when we do broadcast, uh, we try to stay quiet because sometimes we do criticize the players. We definitely don't want them to hear that. But a lot of the top players I know personally, and I know what their tendencies are, and I've become a student of the game on the strategies. And I love to impart that on to the people out there listening. Well, that's part of what makes your, your call so great because you'll say, well, you know, they need to adjust for the wind. And then the very next point, they're adjusting for the wind. You just, you anticipate, you know, what they need to do and, and you're calling out shots and, and everything right as it's happening. And it's just a pleasure to watch. Well, I do teach. You know, I still teach too. Uh, I teach uh, more an individual. I don't teach groups. I try to stay an individual to teach them the strategies of the game. Well, to me, in a lot of cases, too, I hear your voice in my head while I'm playing. You're kind of like the Obi-Wan Kenobi, too, of, uh, of pickleball, because uh, I'm playing, and instead of, instead of hearing, use the force, Luke, I'm hearing you say, down the middle solves the riddle. <laughs> yeah, we started that one a while back, you betcha. Now, you mentioned that the tournaments are growing both in, in their popularity and in their number around the country, and um, last week we, we took a look at off-the-court etiquette. I thought, who better than you, the <laughs> ultimate referee, to give us some tips on how we should conduct ourselves and how we can play as best as we possibly can when it is that time to walk on the court and play. First of all, I wanted—I was wondering, have you ever had to eject anybody? Have you ever had to just call a game and forfeit it just because, hey, you don't know how to conduct yourself, you're out of here, buddy? No, I've never gone to the extreme. I've come close one time. They were get they were they were trash talking each other's two one player from each side and they were trash talking. It was a gold medal match mm-hmm. and it was getting out of hand. They were playing delaying tactics and everything, and they were giving the game a bad name. And mm-hmm. these are top players. So what I did is I called a timeout, referee's timeout. I brought them all to the corner and I looked them all in the eye and I said, if this continues, this game is over. Neither side gets a medal. The third place team gets the gold medal and we're done. I said you're giving pickleball a bad name. So they went back on the court, and they all looked at me. They didn't say anything, and they went on to play the third game. It was one of the greatest games I've ever seen played. It was hard fought, quiet, and the crowd cheered because they got they came to see pickleball, and they got to see it in the third game. So it was that's the closest I ever came to ejecting or shutting down a game or, any, or anything along those lines. Nicely done. Now, what's something? Uh, what's one tip that uh, when you walk onto a court, something that uh, would, would help you play the best and conduct yourself properly? Well, one of the first things, players coming out on the court, they got to realize one day, quit playing, don't try to play the referee, play the game. Mm-hmm. You know? There's sometimes it happens where they're, you know, they're working the referee to try to get to their own advantage. Because remember, 99.99% of the referees in this country are volunteers. Don't try and play the referee and get an advantage. Just go play the game. That, mm-hmm. That's number one. As a player, you know, you you got to realize one thing as a referee. The players' engines are revved. They're playing their best game. They're focused and everything else. Mm-hmm. The so adrenaline's refer- pumping. Oh, gosh. Referee has to allow a certain amount of release, I guess is a better term. So, you know, understand that. Understand that the players are just hyped and adrenaline's pumping and everything else. Allow them a little release. If they get belligerent, then you then you step in and take control of it. But allow them a few minutes. Okay. The most important thing from the referee side is try not to embarrass the players on the court. If you have a situation where you're you're uh, it's getting out of hand, call your timeout. Bring the players to the middle and talk to them. Now I have had to call technicals and you know warnings and stuff like that. I don't tend, if it's a bad one for language on the court or something, I don't do it in front of the crowd. I usually 
So I might time out. I go over and I take the player and I talk to him alone. What that does is allows the player to save face and he'll come out and not worry about it because he's not got red in the face because mm -hmm. he probably didn't even realize he swore on the court. So talk to him individually. Tell him it's a warning next time. It'll be a technical, stuff like that. But, you know, don't embarrass him in front of the crowd. He's still playing his heart out. So that's, that's a little thing. Gotcha. You always try to set the players. One of the things I do out there, I always tell them if they have any questions for the rules at any time, they can ask me. And if I don't know the answer, I will lie to them. So, <laughs> so they always, that releases a little tension before the game. You know, you got to keep loosening them up just a hair. We're talking with legendary pickleball referee Wayne Mugley from Arizona. Wayne, we're going to get another tip from you in just a second, but I want to go to the pickleball hotline here. This is a line that anybody can call and leave a question, a comment, a rant, a rave, whatever you like. Hi, this is Kathy from Jacksonville, Florida. I have a question. Is there a certain spot on the court that I must stand when my partner is serving the ball? I've had Several people tell me I should be standing here and stand over there and turn this way and don't look this way. Where exactly should I be standing when my partner serving the ball? Thank you for calling in, Kathy. Wayne, what about that? Any certain spot that the, the, the non-serving player should stand? No, uh, they can stand anywhere they want on the court. The, new, the young players nowadays and the lefty righties are playing what they call a stacked formation. Mm -hmm. They both stand on the same side. and But the non-server can stand anywhere they want on the court. Uh, you cannot stand past the net, and you definitely can't touch into the other side of the, uh, on the opponent's court. What's another tip, Wayne, that uh, the, the perfect tournament player should know? Put that prior call out of your mind. You might have disagreed with the linesman, the referee, the other two players, your partner. Put it out of your mind and go on. You have to be able to stay focused on the next point. You know, forget the point before. That, that's a big one for the players. One thing people need to understand, and this is what I teach also, you can replay a play up to 10 seconds in your mind, five, around five seconds. If something didn't feel right, replay it in your mind. It's just like a, like a replay. You know, hit, hit back up and go right through it. Mm -hmm. and it'll help you also make the call. So if you, you know, I've made a call. I replayed it in my mind and I realized I was wrong. So you stop and you say, we have to reserve it. I made the improper call. It, like it bounced in the kitchen when I called a football or something like that. Mm -hmm. Don't hesitate to, to, to tell yourself you made it. Same thing with the players. You know, there's a replay button in your mind. And, and, I, and I utilize it constantly. I like a little thing that I tell players, you know, when, when, when the referee calls a score, or you call the score, it is up to the server to make sure the, the receiver is ready. I do this by, even when I played, I'd always present the ball. Mm -hmm. I'd look at the receiver and then i present the ball. It's just a little, just a little thing. It's not, it's not done by a lot of players, but present the ball and then you both know you're ready to go. There's a lot of tips on refereeing, but, but remember the game is on the player's side. You have, the players have to be, you know, move on to the next point. Uh, don't slam your paddle into the net. Don't hit the ball into the net. Or, or you know, you can be mad at yourself, but move on. Uh -huh. You know, sh show sportsmanship is the main thing. You know, uh, you don't have to, but a lot of people say don't even tell the other side a good shot. But most of them do. You know, especially in a great rally, mm -hmm. and if the final shot just was some fantastic shot, or they got one back, 
acknowledge it. I mean, that's sportsmanship as far as I'm concerned. I always do that. Oh, I agree. But, and there, there are people that uh, that tend to get bent out of shape uh, about talking. They, they, they want to enforce a real strict no-talking rule. <laughs> well, there is a rule about it. And the, the thing is, is you have to determine if it's, if it's player communication or if it's taunting to the other side. What I usually do if a player is getting excited or, or, or saying something just before the other player, I warn them. Just right away, I just say, hey, guys, don't talk when the other player is getting ready to hit. Mm-hmm. But there is a rule for that that they're not allowed to. But you can talk to your own partner before, like bounce it, um, let it go, stuff like that. A lot of people get confused when they use the word out. If the ball is in the air and they yell out, okay, that's player communication. Mm-hmm. If the ball bounces and they yell out, the ball is dead. Oh. Yes. If, if if the ball is in flight, you can talk to your partner to tell him not to hit it or bounce it or whatever, and you yell out, he's talking to his partner. But once the ball bounces and he yells out, the ball's dead. Is it safer to, to say no or something instead if you're trying to warn your partner off of hitting a ball? You betcha. Okay. But the minute you say out, I mean, in the old days, you couldn't even say out. So that's where we got into the terminology of saying bounce it or something along those lines. But now they've changed it. If the ball's in the air and you yell out, that's a player communication. If the ball bounces and you yell out, even though if the ball was good, the point's dead. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, that's one probably, we make that call maybe once a tournament, twice a tournament. Let's take another question from the Pickleball Hotline. one pb show is the number. It's toll-free, 1-855-PB-SHOW. Hey, Chris. My name is Marco. I'm calling from Langley, British Columbia, Canada. Just wondering if you can talk about ratings and um, how are they established? Uh, how do you get a rating? Can you get a rating and uh, then get a higher rating? Or how can you, do you get a lower rating? That's interesting. You know, the rating system, uh, a lot of people, you know, they're not officially rated. So everybody's playing a little bit of a guessing game. And uh, one thing I've discovered that you have to watch out for, Wayne, is that uh, when people say, oh, you know, you're a uh, you're a 3.5 or you're a 4.0 or something like that. Um, what they're actually doing is is uh, saying, well, I consider myself a 4.0. So since you just beat me, you have to be a 4.0. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It, we'll talk a little bit about the rating in a second, but on any given day, anybody can beat anybody. I mean, it, it, it's always feasible, not practical, but it is feasible. When you get into the higher ranks, you know, there's not levels in the 5 O's. It's just like a 19-year-old kid is a 5 O, but there's a 60-year-old that's a 5-year 5 O also. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the 60-year-old isn't going to beat the 19-year-old because you can't, you know, the kid that's 19 is going to run everything down and you're hoping he hits it to you, Yeah. you know, so you don't have to move. I mean, there's certain things like that. As far as ratings, now, I am not on the rating committee. That is basically the USAPA. They have a criteria and it's all spelled out. But as far as, as if you've never been in a tournament and you, you have to think what you can do, you look at that criteria and it says, and you go, is that me? And if it is, then you it's self-rating. You have to self-rate. Mm-hmm. And so you put down on your application to the tournament, I'm a 404550, whatever it is. And when you come to the tournament and you play your first game, you're definitely going to find out what you really are. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. And, uh, you know, in the old days, we used to have fodder the first few games because we always played age groups rather than uh, rating and skill level. 
But uh, you found out real quick. Nowadays, you find out real quick. If you think you're a 5-0 and you go out there and you lose your first game 11-0, 11-0, your first set, and then you go into the second set and you lose at 15-0, that tells you you're not a 5-0. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. very practical. Pretty good but, indicator right there. Now, you, right never, there. you, you never hear people talking much about uh, anything below a 3. Do, does the rating system pretty much start at 3? Pretty much, yes. Yeah, I mean... You know, anybody in the game of pickleball, anybody can step out on the court at any level and start playing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to start somewhere. So 3 is is, you know, basically a starter. So it's kind of like wine where they have a 100-point rating system, but <laughs> if, it, if it was squeezed out of a grape and it was fermented, then it's automatically 80 points right there. Correct. And then after <laughs> that, yeah, you've got the 20 points. Okay, so if you know which end of the paddle to hold, you know, which is the handle and which is the, 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 the face, then you're a 3.0. Well, yes, you're right. And your analogy there is very well taken because, you know, a lot of seniors play this game and they really relate to the to the points on wine. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> now, in speaking of the future of the game, where do you stand on the whole rally scoring issue? I mean, uh, badminton's gone to it. Volleyball has now gone to rally scoring. What do you think the future is for pickleball? It's one of the last holdouts for side-out scoring. Do you think it'll switch over? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Rally scoring, I played it, and I played it in a few places in Seattle, what they did is they wanted to get more games in before they went to work. So they would come to the gym and play, you know, seven or eight games in the morning. But if you think about it, since you're a player, there's a lot of strategies to pickleball. And the rally scoring would take those strategies away. And I am just, well, I guess I'm adamant, but I am not a person in favor of rally scoring. How's that? Sometimes you get into one of those games. I had one just the other day where it seems like you're, you're 15 minutes into the game and it's still one to two. <laughs> you know, and you know, my yeah. partner and I looked at each other and it's like, you know, we just said, all right, whatever we're doing to win the serve back, let's just keep doing that while we have the serve. That's right. So you still have to score. So you get those kind of games in your mind. If you're a player out of, and you have one of those kind of games, you go, what we're doing is not working. Mm-hmm. So we need to change. I mean, you have to change in the middle of the game and, and make it to your advantage, which means if you have a 1-0 score like that after 15 minutes, there's a lot of unforced errors happening, correct? Mm-hmm. So you have to start eliminating, eliminating those. Yeah, it's more of a mental thing at that point, and you just have to stop taking your foot off the gas and, and do what you need to do to, to put a run together. Well, you have to tell yourself in your own mind, hey, I've got I've to change something out here. So you, you have to be aware of what's going on in the game itself instead of just hitting the ball. I go back and forth with rally scoring because when I'm playing, I like side-out scoring, but when I'm waiting to play, I'm thinking, you know what, rally scoring isn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You know, I mean, yeah, cause because it's coming so popular and they're not keeping up with court construction. So, you know, yes, I agree with you there, Chris. It's hard to stand on the sidelines waiting when you want to play because you came down to play. Any other tips for the, the perfect tournament player? Well, a couple of things. Uh, just respect. You know, if you if you have an emotion and you swear once and the referee, change it. Use a different word. Uh, that's how I do with certain players that are very high emotional players. I, you know, I just say, hey, try saying something else, you know. Mm-hmm. And remember a couple of things in a term. A lot of our tournaments, you got to walk through courts, show some etiquette to them. A lot of tournaments are side-by-side courts. You know, allow the ball to come, you know, if the ball comes in, call it immediately. Little things like that, uh, 
when you're going out as a group, get your referee and four players and go in at the same time so that you're not interrupting another game more than once. Mm-hmm. On the crowd side, if you're a spectator, don't heckle. You know, mm-hmm. I personally don't allow anybody to smoke within 100 feet. I'm not against smokers, but I'm just saying the smell comes onto the court. It kind of is nauseating. Have respect for the courts as well as the players. Um, things like that, you know. How lenient are you with uh, with timeouts or somebody running and grabbing a, a quick swig of Gatorade or something between a point? Uh, are you a real stickler for that, or do you let it slide a little bit? I never used to be, and then it got like anything, it got abused uh, because I personally have passed out from hydrate dehydration in a tournament. It's not fun. So what would you do now? And they've made specifics. Remember once. Once the ball is dead, the referee then watches both players get back to the court. You have 10 seconds after I call the score. But between that point and getting back in the 10 seconds, a person can go grab a quick swig. Change over at the at switch courts like at the, on the 15-point game at 8 or in the third game at 6. You know, a lot of people grab a quick drink on the way over. I'm a little bit, you know, you let that happen. If it gets too long and they start kibitzing about strategies, I, I tell them they have to call a timeout. I'm pretty sharp on that. We have to stay within the rules now mm-hmm. because, again, again, it's getting bigger and bigger. Money's becoming involved in the tournaments, uh, prestige, the rest of it. It's getting more, and the tournaments are so big now. All the games are important, so you have to stay the same. Whether it's a gold medal or the first match of the day, if you're the same throughout the day, they'll trust you. Well, we certainly trust you and thank you for your time today and all those great tips. And uh, hopefully your travels will bring you back over to the East Coast sometime. I know there's plenty of people around here that would love to see you. And thank you, Chris, and all those people back East. I'm a big proponent because we have some great, great, some of the greatest players in the sport back there, okay? That's Wayne Mugley, legendary referee and all-around class act of a guy. Back with a tournament update after this. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Chris Allen here with the Pickleball Show. Last week, you got to know Melissa McCurley and her brother Greg Thompson from PickleballTournaments.com. They've been kind enough to keep us updated on the tournament scene around the country. Melissa, what do you got for us this week? Well, I tell you, it is absolutely on fire uh, here in the desert with tournaments uh, getting ready here uh, for the Grand Canyon State Games. It's going to kick off Tuesday with a welcome party that includes referee refreshers, practice play, paddle demos, advanced clinics, and uh, medal winners for this tournament will qualify for the 2015 state games. Cool. There's something else cool uh, for gold medal winners in the 5.0 skills event for this tournament. They will receive a free registration for the Tournament of Champions that's held in Ogden, Utah out in September. Uh, which is uh, put on by the American Dream Foundation, which was founded by John Gullo, and also Pickleball Now. 
So um, that's a really cool addition to this particular tournament, which I think is why it gets a draw. It's almost like another Nationals. Sounds good. Where else are you going? Oh, well, we're also going to be going to the Duel in the Desert. That's down in the, at the Palm Creek RV and Resort in Casa Grande. Arizona, which is also where the Nationals will be held this year. It's a 50-plus tournament, skill-level tournament, and there are 500 players that are in this particular tournament. Registration was still open till the 24th of this month, but they had to close it because they filled that tournament up much faster than they expected. So Sold out. Every slot is uh, accounted for, huh? It's definitely one that if you can get out and come, you want to get an idea of what the Nationals venue would look like, then come on out. Okay, that's a look at what's happening in the Southwest. Where else are we going? We're going to go over to California, where you got the March Madness Skills Tournament in Oceanside, uh, California, which is at the Melba Bishop Pickleball Club. Uh, that registration is open until the 22nd of February, so make sure you get your spot for that one. Go out and get your little beach time and then get on the courts and play. And then uh, over in Utah, you've got the Southern Utah Pickleball Shootout. Um, they also still have registration underway for that one. And let's see, registration for the Southern Utah Shootout is open until March the 19th. So it's in the beautiful city of St. George, Utah. So if you've never been to the Red Rock Country in that part of, part of the world, I would encourage you to register. Uh, hit Las Vegas before you go. It's not too far uh, outside of Vegas. And See what your luck's like playing some pickleball. All right, so that covers the uh, southwest. Where else are we headed? Let's head over to the southeast where um, There you have... go. I've got to oh. give you a whoosh. When we go to a different part of the country, you get a whoosh because this is a big-time show. Oh, hey, I feel like I just jumped on a wave and surfed <laughs> right on over there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, thanks again. I could do that all day. <laughs> so over in the southeast, uh, I'd like to talk about the pickleball tournament that's going to be uh, happening in Concord, North Carolina. It is the USAPA's Atlantic South Regional Tournament, and that tournament is going to be indoors. It's hosted at the Carolina Courts. There's 16 indoor courts at that facility. This is going to be their first time to have a uh, pickleball tournament, so we're really excited. We're actually going to go out, fly across the country, run the tournament operations for that one. Uh, there's a practice day on Thursday, March the 19th. There's also a social meet and dine on that particular day, and then play will start on Friday. So registration is still open. Registration for this one does not close until March the 1st. So you still have time to get your slot. In fact, my sister lives right there in Charlotte, North Carolina, outside Concord, and she has not registered yet. So uh -oh. call to action to her and everyone else in that particular region. You don't want to miss this one. By the way, I've got a uh, phone call here for you, Melissa. All right. Speaking of the Concord Tournament, this is the uh, Pickleball Hotline here. Anybody can call at one eight triple five pb show Hi, Chris. This is Karen Pierce, the Atlantic South Regional Director with USAPA. I just got through listening to your podcast this morning with Melissa and Greg and absolutely loved it. They're going to be running our tournament at the Atlantic South Region in Concord, North Carolina, beginning on March 19th. I wanted to let you know that we are using that website, and they have been the biggest help to me. And just a quick little story. I noticed that one of our players that's going to be coming to the meet and dine Thursday night happens to be Johnny Cash. And he's bringing his partner, June Carter Cash. And just in case they have too much to drink at the social meet and dine, they're going to call their emergency contact, Waylon Jennings. I guess this is a way for them to keep me on my toes to make sure that I am checking the website. 
But I wanted to thank you again for a wonderful podcast, and I hope you can come join us at the Atlantic South Regional Tournament beginning March 19th in Concord, North Carolina. Have a great day. Thank you for calling, Karen. We will definitely be out there. You better believe it. Now, what exactly is she talking about? Johnny Cash is coming to the tournament? Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. So in helping out uh, with the tournaments, we always do a test to make sure that everything's ready to go for when the players register. So we have some registration test accounts that we use, and, and we use John and June Cash. And so, Oh, uh, okay. So they're like dummy names just for placeholders and that kind of thing. They are. And so uh, we typically try to remove <laughs> those uh, before the tournament director sees them but uh, I'm glad Karen's got a sense of humor had some fun with that and uh, yeah we like to keep her on her toes all the time she's doing a great job down there in the southeast region but you're doing a great job too thank you Melissa that's Melissa McCurley from pickleballtournaments.com all right thanks to everybody who called in today remember if you call in and we use your call on the air you are automatically registered to win a free paddle from our friends at pickleball paddles plus Dot com. Call the number anytime. It's 8555-PB-SHOW. That's one pb show Head over to the website to pickleballshow.com. And if you would go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. That does more than anything to boost us up in the rankings. Oh, we were number one again last week, thanks to you. Number one in the amateur sports and uh, recreation category on iTunes. So thank you for helping to spread the word and grow this great game that we all love. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.